Hi, this is Wilson with Renew Church OC. Thanks for jumping into our podcast. Over the next three months, our new series is called Lineage, and we're going to walk through major characters of the Old Testament from Abraham all the way to Daniel and understand the movement of the nation of Israel. This is important because it's part of our lineage. Our lineage isn't just made up of our ethnic or national identity, but as Christians, it's primarily this Old Testament story. Abraham is the father of our faith. And in Ephesians, we learn that God is making one people, Jewish and Gentiles, into the story of lineage, of how God has called a people to himself. So I hope that as you read the Old Testament, it wouldn't just be stories of dead old Jewish guys, but you would look at it as your own ancestry, as part of your story and the story that we're continuing. Hope you enjoy our new series. All right, well, welcome back. Hopefully you guys had some spirited discussions. And I want to start off this morning with God's word and a word of prayer as we just align our hearts and we just prepare to read God's word together as a family. And we're studying the book of Daniel here. And we're looking at this brother and this character in history. And his name actually means God is my judge in Hebrew. And so we see this over his life as he makes decisions and he continues to choose the Lord and honor him. So I love what this brother says in this blessing and in this prayer in Daniel 2.20 through 23a. Daniel says, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are his. He changes times and seasons. He deposes kings and raises up others. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells with him. I thank and praise you, God of my ancestors. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your word. And I just pray that this morning that you would stir within each of us here, Lord, a desire and hunger for your truth. And so, Lord, as your word is alive, would you call these bones to come alive to your word, Lord? Would we dwell and reflect on what this means for our lives as we look at our history and uh, through the lens of this brother Daniel? So thank you for his faithfulness and thank you that we may learn from him. And we just commit ourselves to you this morning and forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. So as you guys were in your watch parties, I I was thinking to myself, how do we measure faithfulness? Maybe some of you guys said, well, my dog is faithful. My dog is always greets me when it comes home, jumps on me, asks for treats and belly rubs. My dog is pretty loyal. It's unwavering in its love. And maybe you guys said, my spouse is faithful. My spouse, she has given me no reason to think otherwise. She's been with me in the hardest of times, the lowest of lows, and she is faithful to be with me, and I am faithful to her. Well, if you're like me, I thought a little more literal, and I thought of Old Faithful. And if you guys have ever been to Yellowstone National Park, there's this geyser there that people from all over the world, all over the country, they come to see this geyser. And what's special about this geyser is that it would shoot off into the air about 150 feet, 5,000 gallons of water every single hour, roughly around the clock. And so these people come from all over the country, and they gather, and they await. Some are doing countdowns, five, four, three, just an expectation in knowing that Old Faithful is faithful. 
It didn't get its name for being unreliable. It continued to put on a show. It was unwavering. It was devoted in many ways, and it was faithful. And so as we look at the faithfulness of Daniel, I want us to have those same lens. Looking at the faithfulness of Daniel and and remembering, maybe some of you guys might know him from the lion's den and his tremendous faith that he displayed and God is the God of miracles. But I want us to examine this brother's life. I want us to imitate his faith. I want us to be like Daniel in many ways. And so who is this brother? Where, Where are we in the story right now? Well, I think I'm thankful for Erwin that recapped it for us. And if you remember last week, Pastor Dave spoke on Elijah and how great of a prayer warrior he was and what his patterns of prayers meant for us. And we read that in the book of Kings. And now we're in this time period called the exile. And now we're in the book of Daniel. In this time period, it's important to remember that sin cycle, right? You guys remember that sin cycle that we show up with Israel where Israel would cheat on the Lord or disobey the Lord's commands, they would, they would fall away from grace and that they would um, abandon the Lord in his ways. And then the Lord would allow affliction to come. He would allow affliction or their enemies to overcome them. And then they would repent. They would cry out to the Lord, their God. And then the God of heavens would bless them. And this cycle just continues. We see this all throughout the Old Testament. But this is our story. This is our history. And so now we're in the time period of exile. And the reason why we're in the exile is because it's what it sounds like. Jerusalem, you know, the Israelites, the Jews, we're seeing them. They have now just been overcome by Babylon, their neighbors. God is allowing this period of time where the Gentile kingdoms are now overcoming the Jewish people. And so we, in the story of Daniel, and we look at this character, Daniel's a teen at this time period, and he is uh, just a teenager, and he has now just lost his homeland. He's been stripped of everything. He's lost loved ones. He has lost everything, and now he's being relocated into this Babylonian province and their culture and their ways. He's essentially a prisoner of war. And the interesting thing about these Babylonians is that they would take these, these, young, these young youth that were promising and they would raise them up in their ways, almost indoctrinating them, uh, brainwashing them to an extent, so that they would be leaders for the Babylonian provinces and that they would show to the nations, look, our ways are better than everyone else's. This is, uh, they can submit to our ways because our ways are better. And so this is what, what Daniel was. He was selected by the king to be a chosen one to be raised up in the Babylonian ways. Well, I want us to pay quick attention as we examine this brother. I want us to look at his life of faithfulness. He had a responsibility to God. He had a responsibility to others, and he had a responsibility to himself. Another way I would call this is this is Daniel's kuleana. And kuleana is a Hawaiian word, and it means essentially responsibility, loosely means. And if you guys don't know too much about me, I I spent a few years in Hawaii and I lived there for my undergrad years and I loved it there. I loved Hawaii. Like when I think of home, I think of the islands. And I remember my kumu, uh, which is a Hawaiian word for teacher. My kumu would say, she'd say, kuleana is one's personal sense of responsibility. It is a strength in this value. There is a sacred responsibility and there is an ownership. And so I think about this kuleana. If I did learn something in college, it was kuleana. And I want us to think about how much we love the Hawaiian culture. Uh, We always think about how loving it is. And we think about this aloha spirit. 
Well, it comes from their value of kuleana. Their belief in value is that we are to treat others with respect as humans. We are to love others as if they were our own. And so I have plenty of aunties and uncles in Hawaii, but they are not my blood, uncles and aunts, but they are like family. Another example of kuleana is uh, the campaign that Hawaii was just doing uh, more recently called Our Kuleana. And this was a campaign during the COVID-19, still going COVID-19 crisis, that we would wear our masks. It is our kuleana to one another, our responsibility, our duty to care for each other and, and treat each other like family. And so these values we have all come to know and love. And that is because we all have our own kuleana. We have a kuleana as believers of Christ. And so that is what Daniel is faced many times throughout his life. He has this kuleana that helps shape his decisions as he goes through persecution and, and trials. He continues to lead with his devotion to the Lord. And so um, if you guys remember that Daniel's a teen at this time, He's being brainwashed. He's being <laughs> indoctrinated into this new Babylonian culture. It is his new home, and um, he is a captive, and he's being raised up to be a leader one day. So let's read what Daniel is faced with in 1.5. The king assigned them a daily amount of food and wine from the king's table. They were to be trained for three years, and after that, they were to enter the king's service. Now, it's very important to know that this very food and wine that was offered was defiled. This was devoted to the Babylonians' gods. And Babylonian culture at this time is polytheistic, meaning they believe in multiple gods. And when they would overcome these nations like Jerusalem, they would collect these gods. They would add them and say, hey, our gods are stronger. Our gods are better. And uh, we're just going to add them to our collection, you know, to show that we're stronger and better than the other nations. And so during this time, it was customary that before the food would even reach the table, that they would offer this food to the, uh, to the gods or the appropriate god that they want to give thanks to, and they would devote it to it. They would give thanks to this god. Well, Christians know that this is idolatry. This is nothing short of idolatry and pagan gods that they are worshiping to. And Daniel knew this. His kuleana was to the Lord, and he wanted to honor the Lord, and he knew that this was uh, a huge disobedience to the God. And so I just want us to pause and think about this king's food. This isn't, very, this isn't a, a small thing. This king's food, think about the best food you've ever had. Maybe, maybe it's two Michelin stars. Maybe it's three. Maybe it's a $100 meal with the steak and the lobster and the gold flakes on top, right? But this was the king's food that Daniel was offered. This was the very best that the land could offer. This was the prize dish. Could you imagine eating the best food that Joe Biden has ever eaten? The best food that Queen Elizabeth gets to eat every single day? That's your plate? It must have been so tempting for Daniel as he looked on to his peers and to his other people that are indulging in eating these meals. But... Daniel remembered his kuleana. It was in direct violation of God's holy word, and he knew it. He was convicted. So Daniel was at what I call a decision, and I call this a cross decision. See, cross decisions are these decisions I believe we all face in, in each other's lives. We face these daily. And at these cross decisions, we have there are forks in the road, and we have two decisions we can make. We can go with the decision of flesh. 
Daniel could eat the food, the king's food that worships other gods. And you could give in to the temptations and the desires of this world and the things that gratify the flesh that are against God's word. Or you could go the other way, which is a spirit-led decision, where it says, I will trust you, Lord. I'm going to follow your commandments because your ways are higher than my ways, and I trust that you know what is good for me. And therefore, when I face these cross decisions, Lord, I will choose you. I think about that song, um, you know, I have decided, I'm not going to sing it all, but I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. This was the song of Daniel's heart. And so let's read what his response is in verse 8. Daniel resolved not to defile himself with the royal food and wine. And he asked the chief official for permission not to defile himself this way. Daniel resolved that he would not defile himself, meaning he would not go against God's word, but he would faithfully obey it no matter the consequences. The song of his heart was saying, I have decided to follow you, Lord. There is no turning back. I am committed. I will not waver. And so we see Daniel made a spirit-led decision. And that leads to the first of my points. God honors those who honor him. It is our kuleana to ourselves and to God, and that, that we would follow the Lord, and this is our calling as believers. And so Daniel made a stand for the Lord. And I, I just think about some of the things that people were maybe saying to him during this time. I, I think about his peers saying, Daniel, you know, you're making a big scene about it. It's just food. Please don't get us in trouble. It's not worth the risk to follow God in this. And I think about some others might have said, Daniel, that was our previous ways in Jerusalem. Those, those ways are outdated. God is, God's commands are not relevant right now. But Daniel remained faithful. His kuleana was to honor the Lord. So let's read what Daniel does. In Daniel in 1, 11 through 16, Daniel then says to the guard whom the chief official had appointed over Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, please test your servants for 10 days. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and water to drink. Then compare our appearance with that of the young men who eat the royal food and treat your servants in accordance with what you see. So the official agreed to this and tested them for 10 days. And after the 10 days, they looked healthier and better nourished than any of the young men who ate the royal food. So the guard took away their choice food and the wine they were to drink and gave them vegetables instead. See what happens when Daniel decides to honor the Lord. He did not know where his next meal was coming from, but he said, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to obey you. And and look what happened. The Bible says he actually grew 10 times more stronger in 10 days. Now, I don't know about you. I can maybe, I can maybe carry about 20 pounds on a good day. But if my brother Erwin over here is carrying 200 pounds after 10 days, I'd say that's nothing short of a miracle. There must be a God. There is no way this brother is eating vegetables and can carry 10 times the weight of me. And it is amazing. God is a God of miracles. And I want us to pay close attention here, though, because Daniel, Daniel's physical strength was not the only thing that grew that day. I believe that his faith actually grew 10 times as well. 
And you want to know why? Because Daniel trusted the Lord. He said, I'm going to trust you, that you will provide for me, that you are a provider. And I want to honor you with my body. And I want to honor you in all my days. And God met him and blessed him and had favor and protected him and showed up as the God who he says he is. And so when Daniel was faced with a cross decision, he chose the spirit. What do you do when you're faced with a cross decision? Do you think about where this path of fleshliness leads to? Do you consider where this path of spirit-led decisions leads to? These are things we must think about. These decisions daily are so important. We cannot go on thinking that they don't matter or they don't have significance because they do. God is, God is a God of details, and he is in all of them. And so what does it look like to honor the Lord in these ways? And can I tell you a secret about these uh, cross decisions that I was talking about? The secret to these cross decisions is it gets easier with time. And that goes for either way. It gets easier when you sow into the flesh because you just continue down that path. You're like, what's one more? What's one more time? And you look back and you start, it starts to become your identity. You're like, maybe this is who I am. And now you don't even start to question these decisions. But can I tell you about who our God is? That our God gives us the Holy Spirit to strengthen us to make spirit-led decisions. He gives us each other, brothers and sisters, to not do this this race alone. And he says, I will help you make spirit-led decisions. And when you make these spirit-led decisions, it gets easier every time. You look, or not every time, but it gets a little bit easier as God strengthens you. And as you look back at your path, you say, I don't want to go back to those ways. I don't want to restart. I don't want to live in that way. This path God is leading me on is good, and I know it is. Because his word says so. And so our church is desperately calling out for bold followers that will stand to honor the Lord. So when you're faced with a cross decision today, you might even be faced with one right after we end today. Will you stand to honor the Lord? Is that your kuleana to honor the Lord with your body, with who you are, and all that you do? We also have a kuleana to one another. And that leads to my second point. And our kuleana is to the body of Christ. It's to one another to speak truth and make sure we get the in love part. So often we speak truth, but we forget the in love. And I want us to go back to Daniel where we see how he speaks truth and love. And see, so Daniel is now, if you remember, he was training in Babylon and he has been training for three years. He is now a ruler. And at the time, there's this King Nebuchadnezzar. He's one of the most famous kings the ancient history has ever, has ever known. King Nebuchadnezzar of the Babylonian Empire. And King Nebuchadnezzar is saying to all these people, he's having bad dreams. I'm having nightmares right now, is what the king is saying. And he, he wants to call all the fortune tellers, all the horoscope tellers, all the palm readers, all the people that are the luckiest in the kingdom. And he says, you must interpret my dream or I will kill you. He's one of those kings. He was that intense. And what I love about this is all those human efforts, the horoscopes, the palm readers, the fortune tellers, they all failed. None of them could interpret the dream. But one person, and it was Daniel. See, Daniel had great favor with God, and God had his hand over him. And so Daniel was wise and was able to interpret it. So Daniel, lest he be killed and his peers or the others in the kingdom, he goes to interpret the dream. And let's read where he speaks truth and love. 
It is his kuleana to speak truth and love. So in Daniel 4, 25 through 27, uh, we read that he tells King Nebuchadnezzar this dream, and he says, you will be driven away from people and will live with the wild animals. You will eat grass like the ox and be drenched with the dew of heaven. Seven times will pass by for you until you acknowledge that the Most High is sovereign over all kingdoms on earth and gives them to anyone he wishes. The command to leave the stump of the tree with its roots means that your kingdom will be restored to you when you acknowledge that heaven rules. Therefore, your majesty, King Nebuchadnezzar, be pleased to accept my advice. Renounce your sins by doing what is right and your wickedness by being kind to the oppressed. So it may be that then your prosperity will continue. Could you imagine being King Nebuchadnezzar hearing that these bad dreams actually mean point to your potential demise. See, Daniel doesn't sugarcoat things. He looks King Nebuchadnezzar in the eyes, and he doesn't, he doesn't tell him, oh, it's not that bad. He tells him the truth. He is bold to speak the truth, and he has confidence because it is God's truth. He knows this is God's worth. He doesn't sugarcoat it, and when he sees King Nebuchadnezzar glorifying these pagan gods and, and building up his pride and living in his sinful ways, he says, beware, dead end, break off your sins. This is not good for you, King Nebuchadnezzar. Please turn around and repent because I care. See, don't be mistaken, never once was Daniel not loving. Daniel was always loving. He was true to his resolve. He was true to his kuleana to speak the truth, to honor the Lord, and deliver a needed message to a brother. And so Daniel, in love and in truth, says, he tells him, you must turn back, king. You're going the wrong way. Turn back. Go make a spirit decision and repent. And see, we see that the Bible is covered with this truth and love. We cannot forget that truth must be paired with love. And so in doing, we, we look at the scriptures in New Testament and we see this covered. And I'm going to share a few now. We see it in Ephesians 4.15. And it says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. Again, in Ephesians 4, therefore, each of you must put off falsehood, speak truth truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. Again, in 2 Corinthians 2.17, unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God. See, Daniel spoke the truth in love. And I have a story about that. And if you guys remember, I once uh, attended school in Hawaii. And I loved it there. It was home, as I told you. Some of my best friends stood by me when I got married. They were my groomsmen, are from Hawaii, and I loved it there. I'm going to tell you about one of those friends, and his name was Garrett. And I believe you know Garrett. I believe you, you might have a Garrett in your life. And Garrett is an awesome brother, but he is one of those guys that just tells it as it is. He's so bold. He never beats, beats around the bush, but he always, his disses are always one, one above mine. He always outdoes me, one above me, and he just always gets under your skin. But the thing about Garrett is Garrett was also an evangelist. He was a missionary in Chile, and he loved the Lord tremendously, and I'm thankful for that. 
And so in these days, in my early undergrad days, I was really struggling with the Lord. I was straddling this line very deeply. I would always, uh, my posture of my heart would be is, Lord, can I do this? Is it okay if I do this? It's not that bad in the grand scheme of things. Lord, I'll follow you later more intently. Right now, I'm just doing my thing. I'm focusing on me. So as as I straddled this line constantly, it led me to many lonely nights. And when the pleasures after the parties, after the new experience, after the newest gadgets or the newest items, those pleasures faded. I was always, it was myself laying in bed alone. And when I woke up that morning, I was alone again, and it was just me. I can't tell you how many times I've been on Instagram, and I would look at a relationship and say, I think things will be better in life once I get a relationship like that. It must get better. I can't tell you how many times I've looked on LinkedIn and I see my peers getting new jobs and I see these new job offerings and I said, once I get to six-figure salary, it will be better. And I can't tell you how many times I've been on Zillow and I would think to myself, I think I can make it out in North Carolina. Maybe I could do a life in Seattle. Maybe I could live like the TV show Friends and, and, you know, and live in the city. And I'd always think, Anything must be better than what I have now. Lord, would you take me away from anything that I have now? And the thing is, is all these things that I pursued, they never truly satisfied. And it was one day that my friend Garrett, he confronted me on this, and he says to me, Kevin, why are you doing these things? There's a void in your heart, and it's either Christ is going to fill it or something else will. And I see that you're trying to shove and put these things in your heart. You're trying to put all these things to fit inside here. And they are short-lived and they are falling out and they're not staying. I love you either way. But what is happening right now is your faith is growing weak and your faith is dull. Whew. So I'm Asian. Uh, <laughs> so I'm Asian and no one ever talks to me that way and I never talk to anyone that way and it's uh, you go mind your own business and I mind mine I don't want to hurt anyone and I don't want to be I don't want to be hurt and so this this stung and hit me and when I look back at those times even though I was in frustration for what he had said to me I knew that Garrett was speaking truth to me in love that he sensed that it was his kuleana, his responsibility as a brother to me and as a dear friend to speak the truth, saying, Kevin, I see where this flesh is leading you towards going down this path. Turn away, break off your sins, and follow the Lord. See, the church needs people that will tell the truth. Garrett was just like Daniel. Garrett was just like him. And we need people that will notice sin in another person's life and tell them, turn away, brother. This is not good. This is not what you think it is. And I want to make it very clear, and I want you to hear what I'm saying here. I'm not saying that there isn't a place for patience, gentleness, meekness, and kindness. But equally as important is this urgency and this boldness to speak the truth. That is equally as important. We cannot afford to live in this bashfulness and peacemaker when eternity is on the line. We cannot afford to sit by and just let these things slide. Say, maybe next time, maybe next time. We have to make a stand to honor the Lord. 
is our kuleana as believers. So my question for us, Church Renew, is do we speak the truth in love? Do, do we examine our hearts before we do? Do we speak the truth in love to our brothers and sisters when we notice something? Do we do it to point them to Christ? Or do we do it to knock them down a bit? Is it for personal gain? Is it, is it, is it to feel like you're morally better? Or is it out of genuine care for your brother and sister's soul? Better yet, do we even consider or even think about the concerns or cares for our fellow brothers and sisters? Does that cross our mind, Renew? Do we think about how our brother might be doing in this season? Do we think about our fellow Asian brothers and sisters, how they're doing in this season? With the, with the racism and stop Asian hate, do we think about the people that may be hurting? Do we notice a brother and sister that has missed small group three, four weeks in a row? Do we reach out to them and we say, hey, brother, I just want to check in. How are you doing? I'm worried because I want to I wanna know that you're okay and because I care about you. Be bold to speak the truth in love. It is our kuleana. And, and can I tell you something about this? When we speak the truth in love, we know it. We know when it's done in love. And you want to know why? It's because there is no shame. There is no shame in it. It's just truth. And we know when it's done in truth because it is God's truth. So we have the utmost confidence knowing that God has given us a message to restore a brother and sister or speak life, exhort, encourage, or rebuke. And church, more importantly, probably the most important question of this evening is, church, do we know what's at stake here? Do we know what's at stake here if we don't speak the truth in love, if we don't honor the Lord, if we continue at these cross decisions and continue to go down the path of fleshliness? Do we know what's at stake? Do we know what, and what the end of the road leads to? And more importantly, the most important thing is, is do we know who our God is? That the very God that we see all throughout this Old Testament, the God of miracles, the God that would send his son, Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago, almost on this very day, that he so loved, it's so important, that he so loved the world, that he sent his one and only son to die for us, the most horrific death that human man can conjure up was willingly sacrificed that we may not be slaves to our sin that we may not be dead to them that we may not have separation from our father but that Jesus Christ made a way that we would have eternal life in him do we know who our God is do we know who we belong to whose we are and this is the good news. When we speak truth and love and we think about our kuleana, this is the good news. The good news is, is that we can speak love because we know what love is. And the good news is that we can forgive one another because we know forgiveness. And the good news is we know truth because we know God's word. We have his very Bible and word, the inerrant, infallible word of God. We have it. And we know whose we belong to because God has given us as family, as brothers and sisters. So would we start acting and seeing each other like the family that we are? It is our kuleana to one another, to care for one another, to speak truth and love.
And so as I close with my third point is we're going to be opening up into Daniel and the lion's den. And I want us to focus on this kuleana that Daniel is leading him in his life, that he continues to choose the Lord and how at each cross decision, he says, God, I'm going to trust you. And as we read Daniel 6, I also want us to have the lens of the God of miracles, who God is. He he made Daniel 10 times stronger. He's continued to watch over him. He is the God that is with them in the fire, and he is the God that is with them in the den. So let's read Daniel 6, 5 through 7. And so I'm going to read this to you. It's not up right here. But um, during this time, Daniel is now a ruler. He has gone through his training. So he's in Babylon serving as a ruler. He's, he's made it. He's been a great ruler. Everyone knows he loves the Lord. And so finally, there's these jealous rulers beside him. And these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against this man, Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. Christian persecution is certain. In verse 7, the royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, governors, all agree that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to King Darius, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Certain death. Those lions are known to tear apart limb from limb and consume and eat anyone that goes in there. They're hungry, they're voracious, and they will kill. And what does Daniel do? He does the same thing that he does every time he's faced with these cross decisions. He's built up his faith. He's continued to walk the path, and it is um, he knows his Lord is with him. So Daniel's response in 6, 10 through 11. Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open toward Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God just as he's always done before. Then these men went as a group and found Daniel and said, there he is. We caught him. We knew he'd be praying. Daniel always prays. But this is against the law for the next 30 days. Could you imagine the things that Daniel might be feeling in this moment? He says, Lord, I will follow you each and every day. You've never been, you've never given me reason to think otherwise. My kuleana, my devotion is to you. But here he's faced, but Lord, my anxieties, my fears, I might be dead tomorrow. They're arising. No, I have no, I'm alone. I'm away from my home. I'm in this foreign land. Lord, would you come sooner? And so as we see these anxieties and fears, we see Daniel's prayer life match it or go beyond it. He goes to prayer. He doesn't minimize prayer when anxieties and fears hit, but he turns to the Lord, to the one that is able, to the one who can. Daniel knew who to go to. He knew his kuleana as a believer is prayer. So what happens next? Let's read, let's read on. So the king gave the order, and they brought Daniel and threw him into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den, sealing it with his own signet ring and with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Well, let's see what happens. In Daniel 6, 20 through 23, when the king went to sleep that night and arose the next day, he came near to the den. He called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you? 
Daniel answers, May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, King Darius. The king was overjoyed and gave orders to lift Daniel out. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, no wound was found on him. See, I believe when Daniel was in that den, he continued to pray. And the Lord, the God of miracles, answered those. You know how we know it's an answered prayer in our lives? We know it by two things. When the prayer is, uh, is specifically identifiable, it is so specific. And then when the prayer is highly improbable, we know that God answers prayers. And that was precisely this here. We know this in our own lives. Daniel, it was, it's never been seen before. Lions always rip apart anyone that goes down there. And it was highly, highly specific. Lord, would you save me that it might give you glory? And what does the God of miracles do? He controls every element, every detail of the situation so that it only could be him. It only could point to the Lord. And so when Daniel places trust in God, there is no room for himself. And it means only God could get the glory for our God is a God of miracles. And that is Daniel's kuleana. Would you join me in closing in prayer? Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Father, as I think about the life of Daniel, his patterns of prayer, and how at each cross decision, he continued to choose you. Lord, my prayer is that would be true for each brother and sister here now. Every person listening, Lord, that we would make a stand for you, Lord, knowing that your ways are higher above than our ways, that you are a provider, that you are a good good father and so lord we commit to you our kuleana is to you our responsibility and a life devoted is to you and so lord we commit ourselves and would you bless us in jesus name amen and now um, before we close i want to leave you guys with this verse from second corinthians 13 11. finally brothers and sisters rejoice aim for restoration Comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you all. Thank you.